Welcome to the Dreaming Big Podcast, where we talk about how to move from feeling stuck and stagnant in your life to accessing your dreams and passions. This is the place to make space for those big and often uncomfortable emotions without judgment or conditions so you can figure out what you want to be doing instead. I'm your host, Allison Gomez, licensed marriage and family therapist in California. Now, before we get started, this podcast is not to be a replacement for therapy, nor is meant to be used for mental health, medical, or psychiatric treatment. If you are needing assistance, go to therapyden.com or inclusivetherapist.com to find a therapist in your area. Or if you would like to work with me, go to healingwithgroup.com. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Dreaming Big. Today, we are going to be talking about your need to take responsibility for everything and everyone and how that it's holding you back. And I know there are people who are probably depending on you, whether that's in your personal or professional life. And there may be nuggets of truth in that. And I'm also here to challenge some of this because you're not fully responsible for everything either. You do not have limitless resources for this, for that to be true. So we're going to talk a little bit, we're going to start this off by talking about what this might look like in your life, taking responsibility for all the things. So what this looks like is you are literally taking care of everyone and, and the tasks that are associated with that over your own needs. Because it's not about like supporting people because of of course we need to support our people in our community, people in our families because, you know, that's what community is. However, it, there's a balance between supporting your like your group versus, you know, supporting and making sure that your needs are getting met. And when this happens when you're taking full responsibility for everything else, your needs kind of go to the bottom of the, like the bottom of the list. It goes, it's on the back burner and it is burning and the smoke detector isn't even going off because you already took the batteries out because that's how often you let it just kind of simmer in the back completely neglected. Um, so like in your personal life, this might look like you making space for your friends and family to then about their problems. And again, like none of these things are inherently like, I'm going to quote unquote bad. They're, none of them are inherently problematic. It's more about like, is there a balance? Because this may look like you actually feeling like you're responsible for taking care of your friends and your family and listening to their problems. And of course, I want you to be there to support them. And at the same time, it's do you check in with yourself to make sure you have the space and the energy and the emotional resources or the time to be able to give to them without having to take away too much from you? Or if you're a caregiver, sometimes that's not even an option. You have to give that time to the person that you're taking care of. I'm thinking like if you're a parent caring for little ones, it's going to be a lot harder to put yourself on the forefront when maybe you don't have the resources to do that. Or if you're taking care of a family member, a parent, a sibling, it can make it really hard for you to take care of your own needs because there's something bigger going on. And this might also, you know, apply, especially when there's, when there are crises in the family, like when shit hits the fan, you know, 
where you might just have to step in and kind of manage everything for them because nobody else would be taking that responsibility. Like the, it, there's a feeling and maybe there is some truth to this. So I don't want to like minimize or invalidate, but it feels like there's a lot of responsibility on you to make sure that things go by smoothly because if you don't take care of the crisis, it can escalate into something bigger. And that's really hard because in the end, you're the one who's getting depleted. Like any of these things on their own, like as individual incidents, like they happen, crises happen and someone needs to step in needing, you know, listening to problems of friends and family. Sometimes it happens and you need to step in or even crises at work. You know, there's tasks at work that you need to get done because it's important and your team's depending on you. It happens, but it really becomes a problem when you truly feel like you are 100% responsible for everything all the time and minimizing the responsibility that other people have. So I'm going to give you a story from when I used to work at the crisis hotline because I feel like this really kind of hits the nail on the head. So when I used to work at the crisis hotline, I used to work by myself for a lot of shifts. Um, And that wasn't always pleasant. And in the beginning, it was fine because if I didn't get a call because it was just me and, you know, I can only answer one phone at a time, really. If I didn't get, wasn't able to put someone on hold on a call who wasn't in crisis to answer and triage another, I knew somebody else would. It would go over to our crisis unit and everything would be fine. They would do whatever they need to do to take care of it. But at this one point, they stopped doing that and they had the phones called transfer to this little cell phone that didn't go anywhere. It's not like there was an on-call person who would call, like answer calls, should I not be available? It would just ring and then hang up on them. So there was a lot of pressure to make sure that I can answer every single call, even if I'm already on a call. And it's not necessarily a problem when someone isn't like an immediate like life or death crisis. But this becomes a problem when somebody is because you can't always be like, oh, I see you're escalating and you're really unsafe. Let me just pause and take this call. No, because that would that could potentially hurt the relationship and make them even more unsafe. So sometimes I just had to let the calls go and hope that everything's okay because there's only so much I can do. And I would leave these um, shifts feeling so bad because I'm letting people down. Like people call in crisis. Okay, not all the time. The crisis hotline was used for like a lot of different things, but people do call in crisis and I want to make sure I'm doing my part to keep them safe. You know, and now as I reflect about, like, reflect on this, I felt a lot of responsibility for things that weren't actually my responsibility. Yes, it was my job to keep, help keep people safe and assess for that safety. And at the same time, I wasn't given the resources to actually do that. I was expected to kind of like go above and beyond and make things happen that just aren't going to happen. And so I wonder about how much, like, with this story, I wonder, like, with you and your life, maybe these are all very real, like, responsibilities because it's been, I guess, like, it's been the habit that it's now your role in managing people's lives and taking care of them. But also, how much of it is because there aren't enough resources for your, the people that you care about or your colleagues or your work 
for you to be able to manage them. And yet you're still putting that resp- all that responsibility on you. And, you know, and it's not so much a problem when things work out and you feel good because you're able to be supportive, but it can, but there's also this dark side and it's not just the exhaustion and the burnout from neglecting your needs. It can lead to this idea of your conditional worth. It leads to this pressure that you, an unrealistic expectation that you have to maintain, you know, if you're able to get through all these things, you know, relatively, you know, unscratched, then there's this expectation, well, you are going to be able to continue doing this. You're going to be strong. And this is where I hate the word resilient because resilience is great in like short-term situations, but when it becomes like a chronic thing, it's just, it's, it's exhaustion. You're running on fumes. So there's this expectation for you to be resilient all the time when you're, you're human. Again, you do not have limitless resources and that includes energy and time. And it does lead, can lead to that your worth is based on how helpful you can be for other people. And so it would make sense why you would neglect your own needs over somebody else's because that's how you, that might be how you find value with yourself. And that's hard. Um, And I think that's one of the things that I really resonated. Well, there's many things, but like with the movie Encanto, that was one of the things I really resonated in Louisa's song, which, you know, stated, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service because she's there to take care of people in the house and like, in like this physical way, you know, that she's using her strength. And that's what a lot of people do. This is how I'm providing for my family by listening or making the money or financially supporting or putting out the fires or whatever. And if I'm not able to do that, I'm letting everybody down. And that makes me insert whatever judgments you might have towards yourself. So I don't know if you can feel that, but like that is so heavy and that is so, I guess like discouraging. And so when we're thinking about like having a life where you're wanting to think bigger and get yourself out of stuck out of, you know, out of the cycle of exhaustion and kind of hopelessness, We have to acknowledge, okay, we can't take responsibility for literally everything in our our lives. I mean, we're responsible for ourselves, but we are not always 100% responsible for all the other people in our lives. We might have more responsibility if we're a caregiver. Yes, that is true. Like if you're a parent, yes, you are responsible for the small little person that you're taking care of. And... Are there other people who are responsible too? So maybe you're not 100% responsible, but you might have a higher level of responsibility depending on depending on the relationships in your life. But either way, you are not 100% responsible all the time for everything. You're not responsible for your projects at work, work all the time because sometimes you really don't have the resources. And so, you know, as I mentioned, I used to work with community mental health. And there's this expectation that you can do a lot in very little time. And it sets people up for failure and it makes people feel awful when they're not able to meet these quotas or meet these goals because it's not supportive. 
And that's not their responsibility. That's the system's responsibility. Just like it wasn't my responsibility. It was unrealistic for me to answer every single call when I'm literally the only person there. And there's no way that somebody else could, you know, pick up call. Like there's, there was no way to do that safely all the time. So when you're able to acknowledge these things and truly believe it, because it doesn't feel real in the beginning when you're so used to being taking care of everybody else, it does feel like a truth. And it feels like if you try to touch that truth, you know, all the defenses go up like, nope, nope, nope. Here's the reason why. And of course they're doing that to like, those defenses are there to protect you, but it also keeps you stuck, you know? So letting yourself have plant the idea like plant that seed of maybe you're not actually responsible for everything and everyone at all times and and your success with that doesn't determine your worth like even if you can't help somebody out at some point that doesn't impact how worthy of a human being or how valuable of a human being you are because again you are inherently valuable. So what do you, so what do you do with this information? I mean, it's not enough to just say, "Oh, okay, well, no responsibilities." You know, one of the things is you have to at least acknowledge that and then figure out what do you want to do with that. If you and I know some of this has a lot to do with privilege. So I think about people who are having to take care of maybe somebody with Alzheimer's because I remember this was a problem when at the hotline, at the crisis hotline, you know, we would get calls saying, hey, my person is needing support right now and I don't know what to do. And there really wasn't much to do because they don't admit people who have Alzheimer's into the crisis unit because even if someone's a danger to themselves, they have to like view it from this mental health point of view. And for whatever reason, they don't consider that. And so they're going to have a lot of resources because I know at least in my town, there aren't that many resources. So yeah, there is a level of privilege in, in determining how much responsibility you're going to let go. And, but even that can be powerful knowing that like, look, even though I'm the one who have to pick up the pieces it's not necessarily on me. It's not because that is really where my worth is. That's because the system's really is really messed up and there aren't enough resources to take care of the people that I need to take care of. It's beginning to t- to um dissociate your value from like how much you can do for people because again, you're inherently valuable. So assuming you do have some of the resources available, now it comes down to where would you like to stop taking responsibility that's feasible? What are you, what areas of your life are you willing to put up a boundary and what does that boundary look like? Maybe the boundary starts at work and maybe it's like if you're checking emails after hours, maybe the boundary starts with not checking emails after hours. It doesn't have to be this big revolutionary thing, but it just has to be something that's saying, no, I'm valuing my time and I'm valuing my energy and I'm putting myself first for a whole freaking minute. Maybe if you're a parent and you 
and your space is safe enough, maybe it might be like, okay, I'm going to let my kid cry for a moment so I can pee by myself. Because that is a thing. Maybe you don't want your small child watching you pee. But it's finding these little things and letting them add up. Because the more comfortable you are with not having to make sure everyone's happy all the time and content all the time, because again, that's not your responsibility. It's if you're not having to do that, then you get to have time for yourself for a whole second. How do you want to make yourself happy for this minute or 10 minutes or 20 minutes or for the rest of the evening? What is it going to do for your life? And if you have no clue as to where any of this, you know, any of these things, not if you have no clue, like where to even start, that is okay too, because, you know, as I mentioned, I like to do group therapy. Group therapy is something I'm very passionate about. Or maybe I haven't mentioned that. I don't know. But I do group therapy, and it's something that I'm very passionate about. And what I like about group is this is a, it's a really good setting for learning how to figure out boundaries and taking care of people. Because if you run a really good group, then you're going to start caring for the people in the group. Like, that's kind of, like, required. You're supposed to, like, have some kind of trust and vulnerability with people in the group. And because you're in a group, just because you're in a therapy group doesn't mean you stop doing the stuff that you do on the outside. Like, if you're somebody who takes care of everybody else on the outside, then you're probably going to be trying to do that in the group. You're going to feel someone having some kind of difficulty, and you're going to want to rush and save them. But the beautiful thing about a group setting is... That is the perfect time to learn, okay, how do I step back and assess how much can I support versus how much can I not? Like, do I actually have the resources or is there somebody else I can let step in, you know, like who can step in and provide that support instead because they have more at that time? And how does it, and how do you cope with that, letting some of that control go and just trusting so if that is something that you're struggling with, that might be something to consider, whether it's my group or a group in your local area, because it can be really tricky when you're learning, learning it. And if you don't have guidance, it can really get overwhelming. So as we're wrapping up, I just kind of want to emphasize that you are not truly responsible for everyone at every time, every day, 100%. And even when you are, it probably isn't because that is where your worth and value lies. It's probably because we live in a society that doesn't truly provide the resources to help take care of people. You are more than what you can do for everyone else. Yes, it feels good to support. Yes, I encourage you to support. No, it does not necessarily mean you get to neglect yourself either. Well, thank you for joining me again and until next time. If you have enjoyed today's podcast and are ready to take the leap to embrace your emotions and trust yourself so you can start dreaming, go to healingwithgroup.com. Make sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when a new episode drops. You can also follow me on Instagram at Allison Gomez LMFT.